0: Hello, everyone, and happy holidays. Dave Miller, Fidelity National Home Warranty. On behalf of Crest E&O Insurance and Fidelity National Home Warranty, we'd like to welcome you all to our December risk management uh, webinar with our special guest, Mark Carlson of the Carlson uh, Law Firm. Mark, how are you?
1: Good, thanks. Happy holidays.
0: Ah, Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. You know, this is the time of year where we start looking at What's happening the next year? And you put out a great risk management piece uh, that we're going to go through some of the topics today. Uh, But just tell us uh, a temperature right now for E and O claims, given the market that we're in. Are we in a high E and O claim market or a lower?
1: You know, I think it's about uh, middle of the road in comparison to you know the years past. Uh, You know, there's fewer sides because there's fewer, there's less inventory, Uh, and so there's with you know fewer sides. There's always it reduces the opportunities for things to go wrong. Uh, the market hasn't been declining, so people haven't been suing to try to get their equity back. So I, I think, as far as the number of claims that we're that we're getting, it's it's uh, it's pretty middle of the road right now. That's a great
0: point. Tell us, and I know it's a very hot topic—the NAR ruling that came down. Uh, I guess it's been about a month or so. How does that affect realtors? What kind of things should they look for or react to from that ruling?
1: Yeah, so it's creating a lot of angst, right? Everybody wants to know what they need to do because they feel that if they don't do something, that they're not uh, uh, they're not doing things properly. But you know, the reality is is it's going to take months uh, to get that judgment uh, finalized, and then once it's finalized, it's going to take many months, maybe a year or two, uh, in order to get through the appeal process. Uh, there are other lawsuits that are pending throughout the uh, the country that uh, where a couple of them might have a national uh, impact. Uh, And I think what the strategies really are to to be prepared for what may happen is is just a couple of things on the listing side. Number one, make sure that the listing agents, I'm sorry, uh, when you're acting as a listing agent, make sure that your seller uh, realizes that uh, the commission being offered uh, is going to go towards the selling agent. That was one of the arguments that they made, and as ridiculous as it may sound, uh, but they had sellers who were... uh, coming into trial saying, you know, listen, I didn't know that I was paying for my, my adversary's representation. I never would have done that. Had I known, you know, what was really going on. Uh, and then, so uh, the, the make that, make sure that that's clear, which I think it is. But then another thing too, is to really have a discussion with the seller as to the benefits uh, of the uh, offer to the selling agents uh, as a, as part of the marketing strategy for the property. And what I mean by that is, okay, seller, if you want to offer, one percent to the selling side. Here's what you can expect. If you want to offer three and a half percent, here's what you can expect, or somewhere in between. So that the seller is part of the of the decision making process as to how much uh, the, of a of a commission they're going to offer to the selling side in order to uh, attract buyers uh, and you know make it clear that it's part of the uh, of the uh, marketing strategy. And then with that, also within that, you know, describe how. Uh, the how the how the MLS benefits sellers, uh, so that they understand that that process. And then, when you're on the buyer side, of course, you got to make sure they understand that uh, you're not working for free. That was the the argument that they made uh, in the uh, in the Missouri case that uh, buyers were saying, you know, this, I had no idea that you know the commission was baked into the uh, purchase price. Uh, so just make sure that that they understand you're not working for free, you're going to get a commission. And then, you know, use the buyer broker uh, uh, forms, uh, you know, when you are looking to get a commission that's uh, different from what's being offered by the by the seller. Uh, and then, uh, you know, be be forthright with the buyers to how much commission you're going to be uh, receiving. And, and that's kind of the two strategies that I've heard C.A.R. push. Uh, on, you know, two strategies on, on the two sides that I've heard the uh, CAR push and, uh, you know, what I think a lot of offices are doing right now.
0: You uh, released a risk management update uh, through press Insurance and Fidelity, and we're going to send it out to all of our uh, our clients. And it really, I like it a lot because it talks a lot about getting back to the basics for agents. And I'm, see, I'm sure that you see it come across your desk all the time, these minimal errors that turn out to be big things because they should have just been known. And maybe that uh, agents are getting away from some of the standard practices. And that's what I love about your uh, your risk management piece. The first one was understanding the legal landscape and, and how agents and you recommending them attending legal seminars and, and getting in with their local realtor association and understanding local laws and stuff
1: like that. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So when we think about risk management we use that term in a, in a the the singular sense it makes it it makes it seem like okay you just do one thing and then you're going to be fine uh, which as we know isn't the case right if there was a silver bullet everybody would be doing it and uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't need a, you know insurance and I'd be out of a job uh, but so really if you if you flip the words and say um, what do i do to manage my risk uh, then it becomes apparent you know, or more apparent that it really is a collection of strategies uh, and one of those strategies, of course, is being uh, being familiar with what's going on in the legal landscape, not to the extent that a lawyer, uh, you know, would be on top of things, but certainly knowing, you know, if there's new trends coming in from the state level, or if you've got local ordinances that might affect, you know, uh, real property, uh, you know, having a, a set schedule, okay, I'm going to once a quarter, I'm going to go attend attend some sort of legal updates, uh, whether it be a webinar with CAR or your local board uh, or something within your office. But just trying to keep on top of what, uh, the, what which way the wind is blowing from a from the a legal perspective is is uh, kind of the, you know the the cornerstone, if you will, to uh, to managing your risk.
0: Another point of emphasis you talked about was understanding the agents and brokers, understanding the contracts and disclosure forms. You know, some of these agents will sell 20, 30 homes a year and they just whip through the disclosure forms because they're so used to doing that. Well, sometimes they're buyers and sellers. They, they do this every 20 years, uh, sometimes when they buy a house or sell a house. So the importance of understanding those disclosure forms. Uh, give us some feedback on that.
1: Yes. uh, Agents are, as you said, so accustomed to filling out the forms. They know where the terms need to go. uh, And but a lot of times that that familiarity uh, works uh, to being less familiar. You know, the the flip side of that is, okay, I know where I need to put the terms in, uh, but I haven't really looked at some of the other terms in a really long time. So, you know, I I recommend that every so often, again, once a quarter, uh, twice a year or something, read the forms that you use for the purpose of understanding uh, what they say, not not for the purpose of just filling it out. Uh, and the reason being is that you, you want to be able to be familiar with the the form so that you can explain their contents to your clients. So if you uh, uh, go back to kind of the, what's the embryo to a, a lawsuit? Well, the, the embryo to a lawsuit is some sort of dissatisfaction. Uh, a buyer or seller is not happy with something that that happened in a transaction. And, and if, if they, uh, they're usually dissatisfied because, their expectation uh, doesn't turn out to be what actually happens, and so by by explaining the forms uh, carefully and having a broad understanding of of what they provide really helps to avoid the, that those initial misunderstandings, uh, which lead to dissatisfaction, which then again could lead to uh, to a lawsuit. And you'll hear me say that for the rest uh, a couple of times throughout this uh, presentation. So a lot of these things are are sort of amorphous concepts, but you think about you know. What we're really trying to do is to keep people happy.
0: Talk about uh, embracing technology. I know it's confusing as we get older, uh, all of the apps and everything. But but real estate professionals needing to embrace it, and and you explain that technology is really the ally to uh, to their risk management. And then also talk a little bit about the cybersecurity and how that's affecting uh, E and O claims.
1: So this uh, is being recorded in December. Uh, and so I like to, uh, this time of year is a great way to uh, use this or a great time to use this analogy, which is if you're trying to put into your uh, your daily schedule time to go down to Staples uh, to pick up your 2024 day planner, uh, stop. Stop doing it on paper. Uh, there are so many uh, customer relationship management softwares, you know, CRM. Uh, there's other uh, transaction coordinating software, that most every office uses; those kind of uh, of uh, uh, software pieces really help help you record what happened, uh, when it happened, and and who was there when it happened. And that's the key to uh, uh, establishing before a jury should you get sued down the road uh, that you're actually telling the truth, because now you've got you've got a a record that was uh, that was uh, recorded at the time that things were happening uh, as to you know. What was said to whom, and and who said it, and you know who all was around, uh, and it's uh, it's just a really important uh, important piece. And plus, it it helps you uh, make sure that you have all the documents, especially you know using the the transaction coordinating uh, software and systems that a lot of the offices have, uh, you know where you can just email you know a copy of a document uh, into the office and and it gets saved. You don't have to worry about you know, your computer crashing, or uh, you have a hard drive that, uh, that, that uh, um, uh, fails. So it, it really is important to embrace uh, new technologies and figure out how they can make your practice better. And then with cybersecurity, uh, you know, we, the, every agent uh, has personal information, as, and that personal information is defined under the civil code uh, of their clients. And as a fiduciary, uh, you have certain legal obligations to protect that. Uh, that uh, information, and if there's a breach, uh, you've got obligations uh, to uh, notify people of that data breach, and it can, and you may have to, if it's your fault, uh, you may have to uh, provide for uh, credit monitoring for your clients for a year, uh, and so it, it can be very expensive. You know, if you've got to pay that twenty bucks a month uh, to over, you know, five hundred uh, clients that were in your database that that got because you left your laptop in the, you know. Uh, uh, at a library or, or wherever, uh, then, you know, it's, it's, um, very expen- It can be very expensive. So <clears throat> having a, uh, uh, just your, 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 uh, uh, Wi-Fi router, uh, at the house that comes in from spectrum or, or whoever your, uh, your, uh, internet uh, provider is, uh, isn't enough. You know, you're getting, you should go down to, to someplace, get a firewall, have have get some IT help. Try to create at least some sort of protection. That way, if you do get sued from a from a cybersecurity uh, issue, then you know you can say, "Listen, I I, I go above and beyond what normal people do. Uh, I I've done these steps to protect my client's interest." And and um, then it's a matter of, well, was that sufficient? Uh, which is a much better place to be, in than I don't have anything at all. I've got a Gmail account, uh, which is what the uh, cyber secure or cyber crime. Uh, uh folks really like to pick on where they'll create uh URLs that look very close to your the uh, email address but if you're using uh your office uh email that has its own unique URL then they can't do they can't they can't create another email address that looks like yours because the the domain would be different so it's very important and there's there's cyber security crime just keeps getting more sophisticated more prevalent as we go along it's not it's not getting any better and it's certainly not going away we know that
0: for sure. You talk about uh, agents and brokers and ethics and being transparent, and sometimes by being too transparent and ethical, you could lose a sale over it, and that's okay. You talk about that. Um, Talk about the NAR code of conduct and how agents should be uh, knowledgeable of that and uh, just being transparent uh, in the transaction.
1: Yes, so we get those terms that are prevalent throughout the forms, you know, uh, honest dealings, good faith, and fair dealings, you know, it's in the BIA, it's in the agency disclosure, it's in the purchase contract. So, uh, you know, but what does it mean really? Uh, and that's that's the difficult part uh, to be able to apply it to your practice. It's like your psychology class in college, right? It's uh, at least for me, it was just a matter of of putting uh, labels on things that you already innately kind of know. Uh, but it's helpful to to. Uh, find those labels and, and use those labels because then it puts it more at the front of your mind rather than than just being a, a subconscious type of thing. So, the et- code of ethics uh, is important because if you're practicing uh, real estate in California and you're a member of an MLS, that means you're a uh, member of CAR and you're a realtor, and that a realtor means something. It means that you know you've ascribed by the NAR code of ethics, and if you haven't read the the code of ethics or the standards of practice, uh, then you know, it's hard to say that, okay, I'm, I'm operating in a way that's consistent with them. And so I, I, you know, half jokingly say, if you've never read those, uh, then uh, put them next to your nightstand. And when you're having difficulties, falling asleep, uh, read them until you fall asleep. And then the next couple of nights, if it happens again, pick up where you left off and within a week or two, you'll have gotten through everything. It's, it's not that, not that complicated. Uh, But you know, and then live up to what those standards uh, ascribe to, uh, and, and they they are aspirational. They're not, you know, they're not the the uh, definition of a standard of care. But that's what we all want to do, right? We all want to be uh, the A student, not the C students, and 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 because that helps us avoid uh, miss, you know, the the dissatisfaction by the clients again. And you mentioned about. You know, having being honest with market factors uh, or areas where it might avoid a sale—that that certainly could happen. You know, there could be some uh, house that your clients really love, and you know their financial situation, and you you can see as a professional that they're making a bad decision. Well, rather than just saying, "Well, that's their decision," they're big, you know, they're big boys and girls. Uh, be honest with them. Say, so, you know, maybe you ought to think about something different uh, because. Here's the problems that you might have. And again, if they are dissatisfied after the transaction, uh, then that's where that dissatisfaction leads to lawsuits.
0: You know, a great protector of E&O uh, lawsuits is an e and insurance policy. Obviously, uh, Crest Insurance, the, the largest writer of e in California, one of the largest in the nation. Um a lot of our viewers here have Cress eno insurance and for those who don't should seek Cress eno insurance uh, they're a great eno provider but talk about how agents and brokers sometimes get into trouble because they're doing some side stuff that maybe not might not be covered under the eno insurance like property management or maybe agent owned property flips stuff like that
1: so the your eno policy really is the last line of defense um, to uh, you know uh, uh to a lawsuit and if you don't have uh, a good policy with with uh, coverages, then you know you're going to be bearing those losses uh, on your own. Uh, and really, what we're looking to do for you know for most agents, they're just relying upon the the broker to to buy a policy that matches you know what what they need. But there are some things that you mentioned that uh, are common exclusions that agents should be uh, uh, knowledgeable of. So that way, if they get into a transaction, they know at least enough to say, oh, this might be something that there could be a coverage issue. I better go talk to my manager. Uh, Agent-owned properties. If I am representing uh, myself and others, like maybe through an LLC, uh, or if I'm buying or selling a property on my own account, uh, there are some limitations of coverage and there's some requirements uh, that need to happen in order for there to to, to be coverage, to have coverage in those uh, circumstances. So you need to know what those requirements are. Uh, uh flipping properties is another common exclusion uh the condo conversions uh pro- property was a, an apartment now is a condominium uh, there's there's typically exclusions for coverage uh subject to certain things that need to be done in that kind of circumstance uh property management typically is not covered unless there's a, a separate property management uh, uh rider uh, and those kind of cases are really difficult because Sometimes you can get into a circumstance where you're an unintended property manager, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. You're helping the seller with, you know, dealing with the tenants while you're trying to get the property ready for sale, and then all of a sudden, you know that 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 uh, balance uh, tips in one direction, and now you've done one too many things to on the scale that make it appear that you were actually acting as a a, a property manager. So just things to be uh, aware of. And if there's any doubt, of course, you need to talk to your manager because they'll they'll have access to the policies and know exactly what the office has and doesn't have with respect to coverages.
0: We talked about Crest Insurance and how they're different. I'll tell you how it, it, they're different because they want to hear from you when you think you have the claim, not when you already have it. And, and risk management is so important in a real estate transaction. Um, and, and you talk about the importance of almost having like an attorney sitting on your shoulder at all times throughout that transaction. And just talk about the importance of risk management and how involving an attorney early, right when you think there might be a problem, can actually help the lawsuit go away.
1: The most agents uh, have that that spidey sense, I'll call it. Okay, uh, this this particular client is, is um, I'm worried. They, they may give me an uneasy feeling or, oh, geez, I'm in a circumstance now where I'm not quite so sure what to do that's the time when you need to get uh, a risk management attorney involved and and it isn't because you know they're they're smarter or whatever than you know than you uh, it's just a different perspective right so most agents uh, um, are used to, to seeing the deals that go smoothly uh, to coin a baseball term that you know they see the the can of corn uh you know coming out them every day and but you know us lawyers that do risk management work, you know, especially for like with my firm, we've got, um we, we handle risk management matters all up and down the state. You know, we see where the trends are in one area of the uh, state where maybe they haven't yet appeared in another area of the state. And so we're looking, All we're, uh, to stick with the baseball analogy, we're, we're catchers that are, are doing nothing but fielding curveballs and knuckleballs. Uh, and so, you know, we're able to, to, or a risk management attorney is able to help you uh, navigate and spot threats maybe that you didn't even uh, realize and then again to try to to have the transaction successfully close everybody gets paid buyer gets property and with knowing everything that's happening seller gets the property sold and so it's just it turns it you know what could be a, a bumpy transaction you know hopefully smoothing that road out to make a to have a a a, a, a smooth landing you know at towards a uh, close of escrow
0: talk about due diligence uh for agents and brokers in a transaction and how doing that can really uh lessen the blow later uh, possibly from an e and o lawsuit.
1: So this is another uh area where uh, I'm going to use that psychology uh, uh analogy. So uh everybody's going to say well of course I I do my own due diligence. I'm a good agent. I you know I, I I do what I'm supposed to do and I know what I'm supposed to do. So that's that's nonsense that really isn't uh, a risk management uh, strategy but when you think about it it uh, it is and the reason it is is because you may be like a lot of uh, top agents i know uh, they have the uncanny ability to remember uh, the when a property sold who bought it what it sold for whether they had kids or a dog and you know it's, so the area that they're that they farm uh, they know those those uh, uh, details just you know in, in uh, from rote. But so when you go into a listing presentation and you say we should list your property for whatever X dollars uh, and the seller says, uh, well, okay. You know, then when the lawsuit comes in, if, if there's a claim that the property undersold, uh, the seller says, well, geez, I think you uh, undersold because, uh, you know, my cousin, uh, Jimmy, who knows a lot about real estate, told me that the property was really worth a lot more than what it sold for. And so now, again, you're getting that seed of, of discontent that, that grows into a lawsuit. But it's but if on the flip side, if you come in with that knowledge that's in your head, but now you print it out on paper, okay, seller, here's all the sales that have closed in your area. Here's why I think that this purchase price is uh, appropriate. <clears throat> Same thing with the buyer. Hey, buyer, uh, here's the current sales. Here's where I think you need to be. Uh, then they have an understanding as to what your uh, recommending and why you're recommending it, and, and, and it, you know even down to inspection requirements and or or requests, just being uh, open to the with the clients as to why you're recommending uh, the things you are, and and showing them the backup data uh, that uh, that you're using uh, to make that uh, decision. But but all that's contained within you know your your experience and years of, of doing this.
0: Well, t- you just mentioned the word inspection and inspectors. Uh, how important it is for agents and brokers to build a reliable network with title escrow, home warranty, appraisers, inspectors. How valuable can that be for them?
1: So a chain is as strong as its weakest link, right? We've all heard that, and that applies really to this circumstance. So you you may be uh, you know the best uh, uh, agent in the area since uh, the invention of sliced bread. Uh, but if if the people that you're recommending to your clients uh, uh, are are not cut from that same cloth, then that's again going to breed potentially dissatisfaction. If they're not, if they have a home inspection that misses things, then you know they're after they've discovered after the fact, you know then they become uh, they become disgruntled. So what you, you know escrow officer title we talked about or you talked about um, home warranty which we'll go over a little bit more detail uh, in a second. You know, these are all things that that uh, or professions and other uh, vendors that that uh, or, or service providers that the uh, buyers and sellers you know are, are going to need, and and to have a list of uh, of two or three that you can say to your your clients, uh, okay, here there here's a, a list of a couple of uh, or three home inspectors that our clients have had uh, good uh, experiences with. You might want to call one of those so now you're not uh you, you know there's some some folks are i think unreasonably concerned about giving recommendations so that they uh avoid lawsuits of of giving a negligent referral but really that standard is so high you have to almost refer somebody uh that either doesn't have a license for which you're referring them or uh you're referring somebody that you know is not competent to do the job that's that's the legal standard but again we're trying to we're trying to be uh, uh, play the A game, you know, not just, uh, uh, you know, get the C, the pass, no pass in the class. So having having folks that you can refer your clients to that you know are going to be uh, professional and provide good service is key to, to uh, avoiding that dissatisfaction, which leads to lawsuits. Well,
0: that's such a great point because at Fidelity, we always tell our agents and brokers, use us. We're going to take care of your clients. And, and sometimes we get some pushback on, no, I have to give them three companies because I'm worried about them coming back after me. So uh, your words of wisdom there are, are good, because there's not really a lot of liability in there, correct?
1: Right. Yeah. And, and again, if you're just saying, uh, here are some folks that uh, some contractors, an architect, whomever, uh, that our clients have reported to us that they've had good experiences with, that's not an endorsement, right? You're just relaying information uh, that uh, um uh, from, from what, you know, other people have, have said. And, and, you know, of course you want that to be true. So you don't want to just put them on a list and then say that as though it's, you know, and in, in, in not be truthful you know, try to get some feedback from your clients that, that they are in fact happy with the folks that you've recommended.
0: Perfect. And it's safe to say, here's three uh, companies, but here is the one that I've used over the years. And Mark Carlson's been great. He's always taking care of my clients. That's, that's the Well, the
1: next question obviously is going to be, well, who do you like? And then that's the time where you can say, you know, well, you know, there's three, they're all great. You know, here's, this one is good for this. That one is good for that. You know, then you can have that conversation so that the buyer or seller can make the appropriate decision. Perfect. Well, you just mentioned great. Let's talk about how great
0: uh, Fidelity national home warranty is, but we know that 98% or 95% of ENO lawsuits are buyers suing sellers and home warranties can help reduce uh, a lawsuit coming up after the sale of escrow because that home warranty protects the buyer's home uh, for twelve or thirteen months after the sale of escrow. So talk about how a home warranty can help uh, in you know lawsuits.
1: So a lot of times these lawsuits uh, stem from very small problems. Uh, I get in, I'm happy uh, two weeks after uh, my the dishwasher uh, immediately fails. Uh, and so now I'm suspect. All right, well, geez, what else might go wrong? And now I'm looking for things. And, but if if there's a if that problem gets fixed quickly uh, to the buyer's satisfaction, you know, then it's like, all right, well, it was just a fluke and no big deal. Uh, but when you have, uh, you know, in some circumstance where, you know, I'm sure everybody has has the uh, experience where a buyer calls for for uh, home warranty uh, coverage and they get a service call. No, nah, sorry, that's not covered. No, I can't fix it. Uh, I'm you're, I'm going to have to come back. And then, but here, here, pay me my service call fee. Uh, and then the second time they come back it's somebody different, oh, you got to pay a service call fee. Well, wait a minute. I just paid a, a service call fee. And so again, that's what uh, leads to dissatisfaction uh, as, is uh, now, I think I'm sounding like a broken record, but it really is in this, in this circumstance, it really is uh, uh, you know, true. It, it, if you can get somebody out there that uh, on a home warranty claim uh, that provides quick and thorough, uh, um, service, you know, then that just, that, that leaves a happy buyer and that, and happy buyers don't typically sue. That's great. Talk
0: about uh, lastly, continuing education and training and how, when they, uh, when, when real estate professionals renew their license, it's not just a checkbox. What uh, care should they take in their CE credit?
1: Similar to being uh, abreast of the legal environment, uh, you'd also need to be uh, abreast of what's going on from, you know, from a nuts and bolts perspective, Uh, you know, what are some of the sales trends? What are, how are people marketing their properties uh, in a better way? Um, You know, they're, they're, the real estate industry constantly evolves. uh, And if you're stagnant and just do the same thing the same way, then, you know, people that have uh, more, uh, you know, um, up to date uh, uh methods of doing things you know might be attractive to certain clients and then you're going to lose business so i you know it's <clears throat> go to trade shows uh a couple of times a year go to you know uh the different marketing strategy type seminars and webinars that are out there a lot uh if your office is offering something uh, even though you think you you know you know go if you come away from from a training um uh, uh hour at your office and get one little piece of information that you might be able to use to improve your practice or do things a little bit differently then that was, that's a win, right? That's what you're, you're looking for. Because if you do it three or four or five times a year, now by the end of the year, you know, you're doing a handful of things differently than you were at the beginning of the year. And, and hopefully again, it's, it leads to uh, better service to your clients, uh, more professional uh, service to your clients, uh, which, you know, should uh, results. Uh, it always isn't marketing is never one-to-one as we all know. Uh, yep. But, you know, certainly should lead to more sales, more listings, more buyers uh, and, uh, you know, more commission dollars.
0: Well, again, I just uh, really appreciate uh, meeting with you today. Uh, so many of these topics were getting back to the basics. And Mark, I've known you 25 years. I know you've been doing this uh, for over 30. I know you're not that old. Uh, But uh, I don't think there's anybody better because you are on the front line all the time just doing real estate, and O claims. uh, And that's what makes you an expert. Mark, uh, Mark, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Well, my pleasure. Uh, Thanks for the invite. Happy to, uh, you know, give some of these strategies uh, to hopefully keep people out of uh, of trouble. Like the dentist. uh, Right. Uh, Nobody wants to come and see me. Right. Well, on behalf of Crest Insurance and
0: Fidelity National Home Warranty and Carlson Law Group, happy holidays to everyone. And uh, we'll give you an update uh, in the first part of uh, next year. OK, happy holidays. Thanks, Dave.